Hello and welcome to Motorsport Week's The Support Series, the show where we talk about what is happening on the racetrack in the top junior single-seater series before any of the drivers make the leap up the ladder to Formula 1. Tom Cairns, your host, with Nathan Hine, Michael Gillespie and Jordan Haynes. We review the seventh round of the 2021 FIA Formula 2 Championship in Jeddah. The series had its 10th different race winner of the year and a new one as well. Marcus Armstrong fended off the high-tech pilots of Liam Lawson and Yuri Vips to come out on top in Sprint Race 1. Oscar Piastri took a giant step towards the title by clinching Sprint Race 2 victory and then again in Sunday's feature race that was shortened after a start line accident involving Theo Porcher and Enzo Fittipaldi. More on that to come during today's show. Hello Jordan, hello Nathan, hello Michael. Formula 2 finally making its return after about a two-month wait. And it was quite a wait, actually, because of uh, all the chaos that we had in all three races during the course of the inaugural Saudi Arabian Grand Prix weekend. Jordan, we begin with you in terms of how the weekend um, had panned out for you. How did you see it from your eyes? Um, a bit of an up and down weekend, obviously some really good results, whereas there's obviously been some really big crashes, which we never like to see. Um, but for the likes of Oscar Piastri, good weekend for him, um, still in the lead of the championship and still got a big gap um, between him and his teammate. Um, so, yeah, good weekend, but obviously there's always some downsides to it. Mm-hmm. Nathan, Saudi Arabia, finally hosting some motor racing within the Formula 1 and Formula 2 fund, but in regards to Formula 2, it was quite an experience for the drivers with plenty of overtaking, more overtaking than we anticipated, and that's not without the coming togethers at Turn 1 at the start of pretty much every race. Yeah, it was certainly an eventful weekend, um, you you can say. Um, It was, yeah, after a long gap for the F2 drivers, they certainly had a an experience this weekend, especially for, for the rookie races, the like of Ollie Caldwell and Logan Sargent uh, making their F2 debut for the first time. So um, it was uh, very eventful, but um, they on the whole, they, they cope very well. Uh, glad to, to see that the drivers involved in the incidents um, were able to emerge on skates. So that, that, that's the most important thing. Michael. Formula 2 has had to wait over two months. It doesn't feel too long. Well, I say it feels too long ago. It feels like almost an eternity since we had the last round in Sochi. But there were signs of rustiness, I felt, from some of the drivers, um, particularly, obviously, the F3 graduates, which we'll go on to later on. But in terms of Formula 2 racing in Jeddah, did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. I mean, it wasn't, it didn't hold a candle to what we saw later on in the F1 race. The F1 race was more hold my beer sort of moment, but there was definite action everywhere, all throughout all three races, really. Um, It was more like two races and a half, though, looking at the weekend, but still. Great performance all out from, uh, I'll probably obviously bring up the standout performances later on, but Pet. Credit goes to Piastri. He just had a solid weekend, stayed out of trouble like he needed to, and just got, and brought home the points and two wins as a bonus. He probably extended his lead after that weekend, I'd say. Yeah, and that he's put himself in such distance of the championship. Let's go straight into sprint race one then, because Marcus Armstrong 
added his name to the long list of different race winners uh, at the end of that. He won out by half a second over his compatriot, Liam Lawson, in P2. Then it's Yuri Vitz in third for Hightech again, so both Hightechs on the podium in sprint race one. Felipe Djigovic was a fine fourth ahead of Robert Schwartzman, who also got the points for the fastest lap. Christian Lungard sixth, Dan Tickton seventh, and Oscar Piastri picking up a point in eighth position. Ben Viscar was ninth, and Jay Hunter was 10th after he was deemed responsible for gaining an advantage by going off the racetrack when overtaking Dan Tickton, I believe. So that dropped him from fifth to 10th, but at least he was on reverse group pole for sprint race two. Uh, Jack Dewan was 11th in his first start for MPMA Sports, so not too bad for him. And so Fittipaldi was 12th, Roy Nassani 13th, Clement Novlak ahead of Ralph Boschong, who was in the top three at one point, but he had no tyres left in the remainder of the race there. So he fell back to 15th in the end. Logan Sargent crossed the line in 16th place. Guan Yu Show in a very disastrous 17th position. He really needed a good haul of points in that one, but didn't. Ollie Caldwell was the last of the finishers in 18th on debut. Taylor Porsche spun into the barrier and retired. Alessia Dileda stopped in the pits. Marino Sarto and Gilherme Samaya crashed out at turn four after coming together. I think Oli Caldwell was involved in that as well, but he was lucky to continue. Salto and Samaya um, did not continue after that. So sprint race one, Jordan, um, give us your verdict on everything you've seen in that particular race. Um, anything that stood out to you in that? I think the main thing was just Armstrong getting it at turn one and just carrying on all the way through, getting the win. Um, obviously there were safety cars. He managed... He picked the perfect time to go from when the safety car left. He bunched up, up the pack really well. Um, obviously, Liam Lawson keeping second and then trying to go for the win during the final lap. Um, really good weekend or well, sprint race from him. Um, Theo Porsche, obviously, they said turn 22 that area there is going to catch some drivers out and it did catch him out, which isn't a nice thing to see. Um, but thankfully he walked away from that. Okay. Uh, good weekend, like good sprint race. Um, lot, quite a bit of overtaking. We wasn't quite sure if there was going to be much, but I feel like the first sprint race provided quite a bit of action. Mm -hmm. Nathan, um, new Show had his own maladies with Christian Lungard, I believe, down at turn two on the fourth lap. And that spin there had curtailed his chances of points. Yeah, that was abs absolutely massive for him. And in terms of any championship aspirations that they, they had uh, coming into the weekend, really took out a massive hit from that little incident. Uh, turn one and two, you know, tight on the apex and then uh, just looped it around and then from, from the back of the field he couldn't really make any impact and that had a, a massive impact in terms of uh, sprint race two as well so yeah not 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 a great weekend for him and he'll want to end his f2 uh, career on a high in Abu Dhabi yeah Michael two Kiwis on the podium one and two we don't hear that too often in um, in motor racing but definitely it was an overdue win for Armstrong, given how well he did in Formula 3 two years ago. Had a troublesome time with ERT last year and pretty much the same with Dams, I have to say. We hadn't seen so much from him um, at the front of the field, but finally, Lady Luck was on his side in Jeddah. 
Yeah, we've it's when I saw when I saw him cross the line first, I thought finally. I mean, he's been on the cusp, but he's he's a Ferrari. You just don't forget, he's a Ferrari driver, academy driver, and we haven't really seen the full potential of him of what we saw in previous years, and that could be a breakthrough moment for him. And once you get that first win under the belt, the monkey's off your back. Anything's anything's possible now for him, and we'll see what happens. He's put himself. Back in the forefront of this one, uh, he'll be, and he'll probably be, certainly one to watch next year. Put him, silence any any doubters that has been on him since uh, the start of the season, and a breakthrough moment for him. And credit where it's due to Lawson and Vips as well. It wasn't their weekends kind of uh, went downhill after that podium, but still, you have to get the results whenever you can, and. Uh, and not credit for Armstrong. He was on the he was on the dirty side of the track as well, but he did have the inside line and made the most of that opportunity. And that's what you have to do in these situations. So credit where it's due. Okay. And just to say now, um, Oli Caldwell received a 10-second time penalty for colliding with Marino Sato and Gilhermo Samaya on that one, which dropped him from 16th to 18th. So for your information. Going on to sprint race two, because Oscar Piastri was able to start from eighth on the grid. Uh, not eighth on the grid, third on the grid because he finished eighth in sprint race one. And he was able to get in front of Fiscal at the start. And he was able to um, get in front of Duravala eventually because Duravala picked up a time penalty for going off track and gaining an advantage. So still not learning from his sprint race one um, mishap with uh, Dan Titsum. And it was an unfortunate one, Jordan, with Duravala finishing where he ended up. And, um, yeah, that third victory in Formula 2 is going to have to wait. Yeah, definitely. I think there's this, the track we was just at is so, it can catch you out so quickly. And as soon as you make a mistake, you, you will get penalised for it. If you, you go off track, if you enter in an unsafe way. Um, so, yeah, it it's just a waiting game, but... And, entertaining race again it was entertaining um perhaps because nathan of the uh, the start line accident that eliminated the sprint race one winner marcus armstrong and a few others yeah that was uh disappointing to see armstrong after his breakthrough victory uh get taken out with yeah, a multi-car incident there um yeah uh, as we've been saying you know uh Quite, quite a few incidents have been happening this weekend, not just in F2, but in Formula 1 as well. And luckily all the drivers were, were all right from that. So, um, yeah, it was uh, not, not, not the greatest incident to see. And, yeah, ho ho hopefully um, perhaps changes can be made to make sure these types of multi-car incidents don't happen in the future. A few standout performances, Michael, particularly from Ben Fiskell, who did well to keep hold of second um, after missing out um, got by, sorry, Piastri got by him at the start. And there were some other good ones. Jack Dewan in fifth, being only his second F2 start, and then Sir Fitzpelly picking up his first F2 points. Yeah, definitely breakthrough weekends for Viscal and Fittipaldi. And of course, Jack Dewan, this is only his second F2 race, and he's gone into this car where everyone else, probably the majority of the field anyway, have raced that car all season, and he's in the thick of it. He's he was only runner up in F3 this year, but he has really made the most of it. Uh, and I think there will be some teams asking for his signature in the contract for next season, certainly. And 
Fittipaldi, we'll obviously get on to him later on after what happened, but a, a breakthrough weekend for Viscal as well. I was a bit sceptical of him joining F2 this year, but uh, when you get these opportunities, you have to make the most of them, and he just and he did just that. And, uh, and he has clearly shown that he's no slouch when it comes to the F2 car, for certain. So rundown on the Sprint Race 2 result, Oscar Piastri taking his fourth win of the season, and a giant step closer towards the championship. Ben Viscal in second place. That's his second second place finish of the season. So Viscal having a good season, actually. You could say that the format of this year has played into his hands, but it's the kind of light you deserve sometimes as a racing driver. Robert Schwartzman in third for Promus. So two Promus on the podium in sprint race two. Dan Titson fourth for Carlin. Jack Dewin picking up his first points in F2. It was a fantastic fifth place finish for him. Teo Porsche sixth ahead of Enzo Fittipaldi in seventh and Guanyu picking up only one point in eighth. Piastri did get the points for the fastest up, just for your information. Ralph Boschong, ninth, and Felipe Djigovic running at the top 10. Ryan Sonny was 11th, Oli Kowal 12th, Marino Sarto 13th. Jay Andrew lost the, well, he lost the, not just the race win, but he also lost second place as well and dropped all the way down to 14th place with the five-second time penalty for going off track and gaining an advantage. He dropped to 14th and Lungard got the same penalty for the same infringement when he was trying to get past Ben Fiskel. He dropped to 15th place and the last of the finishes. Liam Lawson crashed out. Yuri Phipps also retired. Logan Sargent stopped out on track. Marcus Armstrong, Clement Novlak, Alessia Deleda and Gilhomo Samaya also in a pileup at turn one at the beginning. But thankfully, no drivers were injured from that particular mayhem. Finally, on to the feature race, which I think got a lot of people's eyebrows raising and questions asked in terms of, you know, maybe the timing of the race, how long it took for the um, the repairs to be done, the in terms of the revised race format for that particular one, it was it was pretty much pandemonium, Jordan, and I don't know where to begin with it. Yeah, it's a bit of a tough one. Um... Obviously, first, the delays because of the barrier at turn 13. Um, so then that delayed everything. And then it, they said about the session being delayed and people didn't know if the race was actually cancelled or not. And it was just a wait and see type of thing. And the drivers didn't even know themselves. They were just sitting there waiting. It's like, are we racing today or are we not type of thing? Um, and then when we finally did start, obviously it, we didn't stay in the race for long due to um, poor share, obviously stopping on track and then the big accident with Fittipaldi going into the back of poor share. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a few lessons to be learned from yesterday's race. Um, but it, it, what can you do? It's, it's one of those things. We've seen cars stop on the um, grid before, not being able to get off the line. Um, but I don't think I've seen an accident like that happen in quite some time. I've seen it before, Nathan. Uh, do you remember Abu Dhabi 2018 when Nicholas Otivi got hit from behind? I can't remember if it was Nairo Fukushima or um, someone else that ran into, him, ran into him whilst he was stationary. But in terms of how the race went, the feature race, in terms of the timing of it, I don't know if that had anything to do with the sort of local Porsche Super Cup that they had. May I don't know whether that had anything to do with it, because it did race at the weekend, although I didn't watch it myself. But in terms of the accident involving Porsche and Fittipaldi, it was very, very nasty. Thankfully, 
it was not a serious injury, but it would ultimately mean with, Fitzpal with what Fitzpaldi sustained from the accidents, he's pretty much out of the um, running for Abu Dhabi. Yeah, it's never nice to see that kind of incident. You know, um, the uh, last one that I, I remember was the Formula E finale when uh, Edo Mortara ran into the back of Mitch Evans, which was another one of those kind of uh, big incidents. You know, when a, when a driver stalls on the grid, there's absolutely nothing that they can do. And it's almost inevitable that a driver behind, uh, especially if they're relatively forward on the grid, is going to run into the back of them. And you just hope and pray that, everything will be okay so yeah not a not not a nice incident and a big shame for Fittipaldi that he's gonna miss the last uh, round of the season um, but hopefully he'll be okay and uh, back in and running for 2022 and uh, uh, it's good, good also to see that Teo is, is okay and uh, we'll see whether or not he'll he'll be all right for Abu Dhabi but hopefully he will um, but yeah just that they're both in relatively good health uh, in that incident. And there was a, an update from um, Enzo Fittipaldi's brother, Pietro, who stood in for Roman Grosjean in Bahrain and Abu Dhabi last year in Formula One. He provided an update um, that Enzo is awake and alert and resting at the hospital. He has a fracture in his right heel, but thankfully things are much better than what we all expected. Thank you to the FIA, the team and all the medical staff here in Saudi Arabia. So that's at least, obviously it's not good to hear him. It's not good to hear that he has got a fracture in his heel, but it could have been a whole lot worse, Michael. Yeah, I saw that incident and uh, it gives you memories of what happened to Billy Munger, similar incident, but it wasn't on the grid. I mean, you're coming up to someone, I don't know, he, he probably would have been up to fifth or sixth gear at that stage and with nothing to do, just, you know, and uh, and uh, and it shows the safety of the Grand Prix cars. After the Munger incident, they changed the back end of the cars to make them safer, so they didn't like stick together. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, in the way that the incident happened then, and uh, and it shows the safety of the of the of the F2 car has paid dividends, uh, very much so, and. Uh, and it was very much safety that they recalled throughout the whole weekend. Safety first policy when it comes to the officials, you know, with the barrier earlier on, obviously, delaying proceedings, obviously, and obviously the red flag as well. And uh, we've seen red flags are, are becoming more often in motorsport, not just in F2 and in F1 as well. Safety is at a most paramount in this, in this climate today, certainly. And... Uh, and credit to the commentators as well. They they didn't speculate. They kind of waited for the announcement like we all did. They didn't speculate on anyone else. But they obviously keeping us infotained, shall we say, during the during proceedings. And credit where it's due for them. Yeah, and it's a huge credit also to the medical staff. They do a superlative job, you know, with whatever motorsport it is that they deal with, you know, whether it's Formula 2 or Formula 1 or Formula 3 or even the Porsche Supercup and all the events that are scheduled in as part of the support bill of the Formula 1 race weekend. We have to give a lot of credit to the medical team, including, I think it's Dr. Ian Roberts, I think it is, who's part of the medical team, um, and Alan van der Merwe, if I'm correct. They, they do a superlative job and what they did last year also with Roman Grosjean in Bahrain is a huge example of it and 
I don't think Groshon could have survived without their help. I really, really don't. And the fact that they were there on the scene to help um, was remarkable. And the fact that they were on the scene to help both Porsche and Fittipaldi, given the difficult circumstances it was at the time, um, we couldn't go racing without them. So very, very well done to them on doing their job. As, as far as the feature race was concerned, it was shortened. Um, the race result was by five laps. So because it was less than 75% of the distance completed, only half points were awarded. Oscar Piastri won out his fifth win of the year, gained 14 and a half points, including the two for the fastest lap. Robert Schwartzman getting only nine in second. Ralph Boschon on the podium for the first time in his Formula 2 career in third. Guanyu Zhou in fourth. Felipe Djokovic in fifth behind his teammate. Yuri Phipps sixth. Christian Lungard seventh. Marcus Armstrong, Liam Lawson and Dan Tickton running out the top 10. James Ovala was 11, followed by Ben Fiskel. Jack Dewan was 13th, had of Logan Sargent in 14th. Brony Sani in 15th, had of Ollie Caldwell and Gohome Samaya, who both were classified despite crashing out that brought out the final red flag. Marino Sarto, 18th, Klomanov like, like, uh, 19th, and Lesser Dillard at the last of the finishes in 20th. Teo Porsche and Enzo Fittipaldi did not get off the start line. Um, unfortunately, well, Porsche did. Oh, no, sorry, Porsche didn't. Fittipaldi did, but he ran into the rear of the ART. Um, we hope for news on Porsche um, in the coming days and hopefully he will be in Abu Dhabi, but it looks imminent that Fittipaldi won't be. Um, it's just a matter of whether Chiroux um, are able to get a last minute replacement in time for the final round of this F2 campaign. So in regards to how all of this affects the championship with one round remaining, um, Oscar Piastri has a 51 and a half point lead with only 65 points left on the table over second place Robert Schwartzman. Guan Yu is 64 and a half points behind, so he's still mathematically in the hunt, but he's all but out of it now for Zhou. There's no way he's going to beat Piastri. So Piastri is on 213 and a half, Schwartzman on 162, and Joe in third on 149. Dan Tixum, who has had a a fairly decent weekend. He's fourth at the moment on 139 and a half points. He could still finish second in the championship, believe it or not. He's already got his future sorted, though. He will be going to Formula E as part of the Neo Triple Three squad. Tia Poche in fifth on 124. Will we see the last of him for this season? We'll wait and see. Yuri Phipps in sixth on 116. Jeremy Duvala in seventh on 96. Leon Lawson in eighth on 93. Felipe Djokovic in ninth with 72 and Richard Fashaw, who is not currently racing at the moment. He's in 10th on 55. Christian Lungard, who will be going to IndyCar next year. He is 11th on 50 points. Ralph Boschong in 12th with 47 and a half. Marcus Armstrong with that sprint race victory in sprint race one on Saturday. He's 13th on 43. Then it's Ben Fiskel in 14th with 34 points now to his name. So he's having a fairly decent rookie season is the young Dutchman. David Beckman, who's not racing at the moment, he's in 15th with 32. Roy Nassani in 16th with 16. Lewin Sandeli, who's also not racing, he's uh, 17th with 13 points. It's Jake Hughes in 18th with eight. Jack Dewin, picking up his first points in his first weekend, he's in 19th with six points. Enzo Fittipaldi in 20th with two. Marino Sarso and Marintia Nanini have got one point each. Jack Aiken, Guilherme Samaya, Alessia Dillada, Oli Caldwell, Gianluca Petikov, Logan Sargent, and Clement Novelak have yet to score a point so far this year. In the team's championship, Prima have sealed that title for the second year in a row. They are 140 points clear, which makes it mathematically impossible for their rivals to catch up to them. Prima have 375 and a half to Carlin, who are now second on 235 and a half. Then it's UNI Virtuosi in third on 221, followed by Heidsick in fourth on 209. 
and ART in fifth on 174. So the battle for second in the team's championship is going to go right to the wire in Abu Dhabi as well. MP Motorsport in sixth on 74, 15 ahead of Dams in seventh on 59, followed by Campos in eighth with 54 and a half. So a bit of a tussle going on between those three teams for sixth as well. Trident in ninth on 35. They move in front of Sharuz now, who are down to 10th on 27. HWA remain in 11th on nine points to their credit. So in regards to the championship, it's, it's pretty much... It's pretty much done now, I have to say. There's there's no way Piastri is going to be caught by Schwartzman. He needs to have the most disastrous of weekends and Schwartzman to have the most spellbinding of weekends in order to deprive the young Australian of the F2 title and his rookie campaign on the back of his Formula 3 championship success in 2020. Nathan, you don't think Piastri is going to throw this away now, do you? No, I don't. Uh, he's been absolutely fantastic this season, right from the first round. And yeah, as you say, he would have to have an absolutely catastrophic weekend for him to lose the championship now. And um, nothing that he's done so far this this year suggests that that is going to happen. Um, you ju you've just got to focus on each race and just uh, to do the job. And uh, he'll probably finish, wrap uh, up the championship before the feature race on Sunday. Michael, it's been a brilliant weekend for Piastri. Um, Schwartzman did very well as well, and he's now ahead of Joe in the championship. Um, we don't know where Schwartzman's going to be next year yet. We know Joe is going to form the one with Alfa Romeo. We don't. Uh, Piastri's confirmed as Alpine's reserve driver, but in terms of racing, we don't know where he's going to be at. So you have to say, you know, in regards to the championship, Piastri seals it in Abu Dhabi. Where is he going to be next year? Well, he's already confirmed as Alpine's reserve driver, and because of the F1 grid's now full, uh, I think maybe he'll race, he'll carry on racing somewhere. We saw Alexander Albon this year racing DTM, and he's been confirmed at Williams, so there's always the possibility. And, and when you're a reserve driver, there's always the possibility of getting in a race seat at some point in the season. It, it can happen, we just don't know, but... Uh, but I just can't say for Piastri, whatever, he has had a tremendous last few years. 2019, Formula Renault champion. 2020, Formula 3 champion. F2, he is on the cusp of competing like the trifecta, shall we call, we call we'll probably call it, of winning those three championships in three consecutive years. That is just inc incredible junior career from an incredible talent and a shame he isn't on a race seat in 2022 coming up this year and it you know looking at the um, you know drivers who've done well at the weekend john and mean piastri you have to say um, was right up there four pole positions in a row now um thanks to his qualifying efforts which is absolutely brilliant of him and he's very much coming alive in the series and i think it's going to be difficult for anyone to deprive him now only schwartzman and joe can mathematically deprive him but yeah, I think he'd be silly. He'd be silly to throw it all away. But with the way he's been all year, I don't think there's any chance of him throwing it away. Um, as we've all seen and heard, obviously his past years um, just been amazing. Um, obviously, big battle between Schwartzman, um, Guan Zhou, Dan Tickton for all finishing second, third, fourth. Um, so I think that will be the interesting battle. I think Os Oscar will just fly away now and 
the remaining three will just fight each other and to see where they go from there. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the rookies because they've had an interesting weekend, um, maybe mixed. You know, some you know had you know better results than expected. Others had been hoping for more. Nathan, how would you sum up this F3 graduates um, going into the Saudi Arabian weekend? Because we had four making their debut. Yes, uh, they they all had very um, different kind of weekends. You know, um, some got involved in incidents and accidents, uh, especially. Well, of course, uh, this is Jack Dune's second meeting, I believe. Um, he had a very strong strong weekend. Uh, Ollie Caldwell got involved in a couple of incidents. One in the one in the uh, the first sprint, and then uh, one in one in the feature. But uh, overall. Um, I think you've you've certainly got to start somewhere and it's good for them to be getting this experience at the latter half of the year for them to hopefully get a seat in 2022. Uh, they'll all take something away from this weekend and hopefully they'll they'll learn and develop possibly if they get another chance in Abu Dhabi um, or possibly in 2022. We'll just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. You must wait and see indeed. Jordan, your take on the rookies that made their debut at the weekend, Dewan, Sergeant, Caldwell and Novelak. And for your information, Clement Novelak and Jack Dewan substituted for Richard Vashaw and Liren Sandeli within the MP Motorsport squad. Uh, Ollie Caldwell substituting for David Beckman at Campos and Logan Sargent in place of Jake Hughes, who was in that seat uh, last time out in Sochi before uh, Jeddah. Yeah, I think... Um... Jack Dewan probably had the best weekend out of all the F3 um, graduates. Um, I don't think it'll be long till we get an announcement for him to have a seat next year. Um, obviously, Clement Novelak has got a seat for next year. Um, he is with MP. So this, this weekend and the past weekend is just him building on experience and working with the team, getting to know the team a bit more. Um, Ollie Caldwell... Bit of a tough weekend for him, but it's 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 all a learning curve, and it's waiting to see if teams will go for him for next year. Um, so it's putting him on the radar, even though he did make a few mistakes. Some mistakes are okay because it is his first weekend in F two, but too many will make teams not want to go for him. And Logan Sargent, obviously, he signed with the Williams Academy a little while ago. So his name's been out there quite a bit in the past couple of months. Um, I'm waiting to see what else can come from him, because obviously he done a few mistakes this weekend. But some can't be helped with the reliability of the car. Um, so, yeah, an up and down weekend overall for all of them. But Jack Doohan probably impressed the most. Mm-hmm. Michael, your take on the rookies um, during the course of the weekend, obviously you've been following Formula 3 this year and racecraft is ever so important in, in the um, Junior Series. I think you have to say that Jack Dewan was the best out of all four of them. Yeah, I did bring that up earlier on. Jack Dewan's performance is incredible with a fifth place and only a second F2 race when he's been, I said, he, you know, he's been in a car that everyone else has driven all season pretty much and... Logan Sargent was pretty solid, I think, for for a team that's last place at the moment, getting the wooden spoon in the championship. And he made a tremendous pass on the 
you know the banks hairpin at the very far end of the track on Roy Nassani. I can't remember which race that was, uh, race two or three. It was a an overall solid performance for a first weekend for him. Caldwell, I think he didn't qualify tremendously well, Caldwell. He was kind of... Uh, uh, too many, uh, too many incidents. So I think um, there's potential in him. That's all I can say for him. Uh, and uh, Novelak, I think he's already been confirmed for next year. But I think he was among the weakest of the, uh, the debutants this weekend. But uh, again, there's there's a, there's only one word to describe that, and that's potential. They've they've put their faith in him for next year, and we'll have to see what he does with taking what he's learned for this weekend and put it into, uh, oh, what's the word, uh, execution for next year, well, shall we say. Yeah. And just to confirm, there have been a couple of driver announcements for next year. Clement Novelak will be racing full-time for MP Motorsports and Ralph Boschon will once again compete for Campos Racing. So those are the only seats confirmed. We expect Dennis Hauger to be in Formula 2 next year. I think it has been confirmed that he will be racing. It's just a matter of which team it will be. So more on that further down the line, and we'll make sure that uh, Motorsport Week cover that as soon as it is confirmed by whichever team that decides to take Hauger on, and of course all the other drivers with whichever teams they are. So Prima. Champions again for two years in a row on on the brink of seeing it with either Piastri or Schwarzman. I mean, to be honest, they've won the Drivers' Championship. It's just my which driver it will be. Michael, we'll start off with you. Um, your thoughts on Prima's success this year? Yeah, they've really built up on last year with Mick Schumacher, of course, and Robert Schwarzman. And that's what you need to do when you're at the front. You have to, you can't just stand still because everyone will try and beat you next year. You have to keep improving whenever you can and that's you have to keep remaining fast that's what the mercedes f1 team do in f1 they they don't stand still they keep the focus on improving themselves for the next year running of course and uh, they've done just that this year of course and uh, good performance from both drivers uh, piastri and schwartzman schwartzman obviously well, probably be a bit disappointed that he would have expected he to be the number one driver after his performances the previous year. But uh, it's it's life sometimes, and it happens. I think, given the circumstances, Robert Schwartzman's done the best he could with the circumstances this year. So credit has to go for him. And I think uh, with Callum Eilat leaving F1 to IndyCar, I think, he could be Ferrari's reserve driver next year, but we'll, we'll wait and see. And that's just speculation. Okay. Nathan, your thoughts on Prima and how he felt that the other teams have done, you know, particularly Carlin, who's you know, sitting in second position. Yeah, uh, we've, we've said it many times before, but Prima have been fantastic once again this year, building on their performances of last year when they, won the team's championship with uh, Schumacher and Schwartzman. Uh, you would, it, it's possibly arguable that the lineup of Piastri and Schwartzman has been even stronger this year, um, wrapping up the team's championship before the final round of the season. Very impressive. They've been consistent throughout the course of the season, consistently fast with, with, with both drivers and, yeah, uh, fantastic performances that the other teams have been unable to match uh, once again in this category. Uh, but yeah, as, as as you mentioned, a good season for Carlin. They've been able to to really uh, step up a gear this year, beating the likes of 
ALT. Um, so yeah, really, and and Dams, sorry, uh, but yeah, really, really strong season from them, and they'll be uh, hopeful that next year they can take the challenge to Prema, another step up for, for next season. But really uh, solid from Tickton and Deravala, and uh, a good position they are in at the moment. I'm not quite sure if that second is secure, but um, they'll be hoping to finish the job in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, most certainly with Tickton, who will be going off to Formula E and Duravala, we don't know where he will be at um, next year, but I think as far as I know, and this is just rumours going round, he is expected to race in the Formula Regional Asian Championship for the Mumbai Falcons team, just like he was at the beginning of the season under the moniker of the Formula 3 Asian Championship. So that is something to look forward to um, as well for Duravala. So he's going to have most certainly a busy schedule in 2022. Jordan, your thoughts on Premier's success, the team's championship going to them. Yeah, obviously another good year for them. I don't think you can, couldn't really count them out of this year, um, especially how they was last year. Um, obviously, it helps having two strong drivers because when Piastri hasn't won, Schwartzman's won. So, yeah, I think teams might take a few notes from them, see if what drivers they can get next year, um, try get. A really good lineup overall and take the fight um like we said carlin they're second at the moment they're going to want to look to go really good next year um yeah good good from prima very good indeed and we look forward to see where they'll end up um next year with the revised format for formula two as long with a new calendar yes because for 2022, Formula 2 will be running a record-breaking 14-round championship and 28 races in over, uh, overall. They'll all be in support of a Formula 1 race weekend, so to run through each, every one of those venues of which they'll be racing up, they begin in Bahrain and Saudi Arabia in March, and then they go to Imola in April, and then Barcelona on the weekend of the Spanish Grand Prix in May, and then Monaco the week after that. Then they go to Baku, in the middle of June, and then Silverstone three weeks after that, and then Red Bull Ring the, the following weekend, and then Hungary at the end of July before the summer break. Then they return at Spa, and then Zandvoort as Monza as part of the triple header, and then Sochi two weeks after Monza at the end of September, and then the last round of the season will once again be in Abu Dhabi on the weekend of the 19th and 20th of November, just before the 2022 FIFA World Cup begins in Qatar. So... So yeah, it's a very busy schedule, Nathan. Your first thoughts on the on the calendar, maybe the revised format as well, because we've yet to talk about that with you um, since the the um, announcement around the um, the Sochi weekend. Yeah, it's a uh, it, it's a pretty great calendar, I have to say. You know, really excited to see the F two cars going around Imola in particular. You know, be uh, exciting uh, for all of them. Very demanding schedule for all the teams and drivers even more so than like formula one due to the nature and the, and the small teams so it's going to be very hectic for all of them and hopefully they're, they're all up to the challenge i'm sure there will be a, a, a full grid for, for next year yeah look, looking forward to seeing how that pans out and yeah the, I'm, I'm very interested to see how this new format uh, pans out for next year I think they perhaps had to change things from this year. They, they tried a, a three-race weekend, and it worked to some degree, but having the less rounds 
Uh, it perhaps dilutes some of the attention based off merit, more kind of um, less le a less mer meritocratic kind of format. So going back to a, a two race weekend is perhaps a bit better for the championship. And with a record 14 round championship, I'm sure we'll enjoy a, a great season. Michael, the format is as follows, you know, qualifying session, the top 10 get reversed for, I think it's the top 10 that get reversed for the sprint race, I'd have to look that back up again, but it's the sprint race first with a reverse grid, and then it's the feature race on the Sunday, like it has been this year. It's probably bet. I think that's it. I think it'll be a new test for drivers, because it'll probably benefit drivers, for instance, uh, if you had in the past when there was two races, if you had a bad weekend, a bad first race, it could compromise you in the second race. You'd start way back. But in this case, it doesn't, it wouldn't matter. For instance, if you qualified in the top 10 for um, the first race, but you didn't finish that race, you'd still be in the top 10 in qualifying for the second race, regardless of how well you did. So that will be a tremendous help to some drivers, certainly. And uh, it'll have, we'll have to see what happens in this. And uh, obviously, we gave the chance to this setup. And, uh, and, uh, and for instance, we didn't like it, for instance. But uh, we'll change it, and uh, we'll have to wait and see. And obviously, a lot of races next year at different venues. 14, that is a lot. I mean... It's practically all European F1 circuits and the Middle East ones as well. But uh, obviously, maybe with a few emissions, admissions, I'm not fully sure. I don't really have the F1 calendar in front of me. So, but uh, well, obviously, exciting for some driver, some drivers, more chance to for them to compete at their home circuit. Certainly, unlike last year. But uh, just wait and see. Mm -hmm. And just more insight in terms of how the formats work, because they've also changed the point system slightly as well. Now, for, for F2, it'll be two points awarded for pole position instead of four, as it has been this year. One point will be awarded for the fastest up in each race instead of two. A maximum of 39 points can be allocated per, week, uh, per race weekend in the Drivers' Championship. In terms of how the sprint race would work, the reverse of the top 10 qualifiers for the grid, and then the points awarded will be the top eight. So it's 10, 8, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. So that's like the old Formula 1 point system of 2003 to 2009. So that's not difficult to get your head around that. And in terms of the point system for the feature race, that will remain the same as far as I know, apart from the fastest up point, obviously. But um, definitely some food for thought and definitely a lot of food to digest from that, um, Jordan, as well as the calendar. Yeah, I think they gave it a try this year and I've seen lots of people say three races in a weekend is too much, especially for such young drivers who I don't think have had that much pressure on them um, so far. So I think it's only right they went back to two races a weekend. Um, obviously, when you change the two races, you change the points um, and the qualifying so I think it's a good thing. And then going to two new tracks as well, I think it'll be good. Um, it'll introduce F2 to some new countries, which is always a good thing. And especially for the people who get to see it live. Um, 
some possibly new fans, which is what everyone wants for F2. And I, I really cannot wait for it. And I think this sort of trend, you know, when you think of Formula 2 and you think of all the rounds they're going to and the compact schedule they've got now, definitely more compact than it has been this year, you don't take your eyes off it that quickly, as you, as perhaps we've, a lot of us have been this year. I've even forgotten what's happened in the, in the last, like, few rounds. Can you remember that sort of gap between, I think it was Bahrain and Monaco and then Baku to Silverstone and then Silverstone to Monza and then obviously Sochi to Jeddah. I can't even remember too much of what happened in, in Sochi. So I think now that we've got this long calendar from Bahrain to Abu Dhabi, 14 rounds, 28 races in total, I think this is going to be a better season in Formula 2 next year than it has been this year. I, and I cannot wait for it. And um, as far as we know, since the last round before the, uh, the Jeddah round, is that announced that HWRA race side won't be continuing their involvement in Formula 2 after this season. Now, if rumours are, be are believed to be true, Van Amersfoort Racing could be joining the grid instead of them, because they've also confirmed their entry for Formula 3 in 2022. And could that be the same for, for uh, Formula 2 as well? We'll find out soon enough. And I hope they do, because they have been a well-established outfit in the Junior Series since they were founded back in 1975, were Van Amersfoort Racing. It's a long, long time that they've been involved and it'd be it'd be great if they could get onto the Formula 2 grid and sign a good few talents in there as part of the Formula 2 grid because we want them fighting towards the front as well not just you know being there to make up the numbers. On to Abu Dhabi then because it's the last round of the season for Formula 2 the eighth and final rounds. Nathan what are your thoughts going into the race weekend because it is revised um, layout as well. Yes, it's going to be a bit different for all the teams and drivers to get their head around, you know. Um, they're, they're used to the traditional Abu Dhabi format, so having this revised format is going to take the drivers a, a couple of laps probably to get used to. And then it's going to come down to tyres, as it usually is, you know, throughout the weekend. Who, who's able to get the tyres to work the best is going to come out on top. Um, but... I think all eyes will be firmly fixed on how the championship is going to pan out and going into the weekend. As we've already said, Oscar Piastri has a, a pretty commanding gap and it's pretty, pretty unlikely to see him throw it away now. Mm -hmm. Jordan, Abu Dhabi for Formula 2, they did not race there last year, um, but will do so this year. And what do you think we could see there? And who do you think has got a point to prove? Um, because I'd imagine that the rookies will be wanting to prove themselves once again. We don't know the situation with Porsche yet or, or whoever, but I think it's going to come down to who's going to be, who he's going to be the most prepared for, um, for Abu Dhabi. And I think maybe Jack Dewan on the back of that result in Spring Race 2, that could give him a bit of confidence. Yeah, I was going to say Jack Dewan instantly came to mind when he said who wants to prove themselves. Obviously, he scored his first couple of points um, in F2 the weekend just gone. So I think he'll be, he knows what he can get out of the car now. And with him, with obviously not having a full feature race yesterday, I think he'll be wanting to get to this full feature race on Sunday and want to see what he can do. Um, as well, some other people fighting for higher up in the championship. Dan Tictum, he had an okay weekend, obviously. So I think he'll be wanting to try and get a win. Um, 
same with Guanyu Zhou. He didn't have the best weekend. Um, obviously, he slipped down the order, so he'll be wanting to get up there, get a podium, show everyone he, he's just one week, one bad weekend doesn't mean that you're a bad driver, just things happen. Um, and everyone else will be looking at him because he's got that F1 seat now. So I think quite a lot of drivers got stuff to prove, um, especially because the majority of the grid have barely got seats for next year. So they'll be wanting to impress. <laughs> Michael, um, Abu Dhabi for Formula 2, it's a lovely racetrack for them, you know, with the support paddock, which they've got on the right-hand side in between turns um, eight and nine, I think it is. Um, I mean, I have to sort of readjust the turn numbers because it's a different layout now with um, Abu Dhabi. But um, it's going to be wonderful to watch, especially that banking of turn nine. I think that's going to be epic. Well, we'll have to wait and see when come first practice, definitely. But they have changed the track a bit. Um, the corner, the the corner before the back straight, that very long back straight it used to be like a chicane and then into that hairpin. Now it's just like one big hairpin. And uh, and they also changed the chicane after, which is the corner after the support category pit lane as well, just to sort of uh, left-hander instead of sort of like a, sort of like a chicane. Mm -hmm. in, so we'll have to wait. Uh, obviously, lap times will be affected, obviously, and uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens, really. And uh, it wouldn't take much to adjust to the new track because there was only uh, just those two changes. Other than that, it's relatively the same. But we'll have to, like, uh, wait and see in terms of what happens. And uh, best of luck to both drivers. They'll have to impress wherever you can. It's also the matter of super license points as well for those drivers as well. They want to finish as high as they can come the end because those super license points obviously could make the difference most certainly make the difference indeed and i you know there's the also the um, the hotel bridge section the corners have um, opened up in regards to the radius so it, the drivers will be able to afford to just go flat out through there more or less particularly to through turn 15 as well because that's been opened up so i think we expect lap times to be around about 10 to 11 seconds faster than what they were before at least so it's going to be breathtaking to watch no problem so it's predictions time, guys. We're coming towards the end of the show. We'll begin with, before we ask for your pole sitter and three race winners, who's going to become champion? I know it sounds a long shot for some, but I'm going to ask you anyway, because the championship's still not wrapped up. Nathan, we'll begin with you. I'm going to go for Oscar Piastri. Okay, Michael? Just back the favourite, Oscar Piastri. He's the odds-on favourite. Just go for him, I'd say. Okay. And finally, Jordan. Oscar Piastri. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more. I think the, the points gap is too large. And I think with the format as it is, Robert Schwartzman needs to create the best racecraft we've ever seen from him. And it's possible. I mean, on the track that we've got coming up this weekend, but I just I think it's too much. You know, and Piastri needs to just score... How many points does he need to score? He just needs to score, I think, 14 to guarantee himself it. So, you know, that's doable easily anyway. And his qualifying has been excellent this year as Piastri. Can you make it five poles in a row? That takes me on to my next thing. Um, Nathan, who's going to be pole sitter in Sprint Race 1 winner, Sprint Race 2 winner and the feature race winner? I think Piastri will get uh, another pole. Uh, 
And then sprint, sprint race one, I'll go for um, Tipton. Sprint race two, I'll go for Schwartzman. And then the feature race, uh, I'll go for Piastri. Okay. Michael, who is going to be your pole sitter, sprint race one winner, sprint race two winner, and feature race winner? Shaking one to predict. I mean, if two haven't raced here for two years and Piastri hasn't raced in his trying, but I think he'll still get Paul. I mean, he's the old son favourite to get Paul after those previous four. First race, well, depends who gets that elusive 10th place on the grid. And uh, I'm just going to say maybe Marcus Armstrong does it again. Maybe he'll build up on that first race win and do it again in the first race in Abu Dhabi as well. And Second race, I think at the second race, Piastri will have already wrapped up the championship and he'll probably take it easy. I think someone like, oh, maybe Dan Tickton will win the second race, but that's just a maybe. And third race is anyone's guess. I'm just going to pull my name out of a hat and say Yuri Vips. Okay, cool. Um, Jordan, who's going to be your positive? Your sprint race one winner, sprint race two winner, and feature race winner. I'm going to say Oscar for pole, um, Robert Schwartzman for sprint race one, um, sprint race two winner, I'm going to say Dan Tickton, and feature race Oscar Piastri. Okay, pole sitter, I think it's going to be uh, Piastri as well, because I think he's been absolutely brilliant in qualifying, as I've just already mentioned. Sprint race one, I think that is going to be, oh, who's it going to be? I think it's going to be. I'm hesitating to say Jay Andurvala because of his knowledge of the racetrack there. So Jay Andurvala for victory in sprint race one. Sprint race two, I think it's going to be Robert Schwartzman who wins sprint race two. He may start third or fourth on the grid or something like that, but I think his racecraft and with the layout of Yas Marina, I think it's going to aid him a lot um, in that. So uh, Schwartzman to win sprint race two. And the feature race winner, Oscar Piastri, will put the season to himself win the championship obviously I think in sprint race one but I think to put the icing on the cake he will win the feature race and his sixth race of the year uh, to bear out from Formula 2 in style so that's me going for him and to wrap up the triple or the treble as what or whatever it is that Michael had uh, mentioned um, earlier on anyway we'll bring the show to an end thank you to everyone for listening to today's episode for Formula 2 next week Ed Spencer Joe Ellis and Jenny Craig will be with me to review the final round of the season in Abu Dhabi. From Nathan, Michael, Jordan and all of us at Motorsport Week, enjoy the racing this weekend and it's goodbye. <laughs>